Alright, we're live again on this uh pretty strange Thursday. Uh strange for personal reasons, but <laughs> we're we're here and we have a pretty good show for everybody tonight. Um we'll find out about that. Nah, it's always good, man, because you're with your friends. Or in your opinion, coworkers. <laughs> I, I never said you guys weren't friends. Julia just, I don't know. If everyone that's listening, we met Felissa Rose, one of our idols in the horror community and just like a, an amazing person overall. And Pat called us co-workers to her and not friends when she said, oh, that's cute. All you three friends. He's like, nah, we work together. Yeah, so she, went, she was like, oh my God, are you guys best friends? And Pat goes... We work together. Which was not lying. Right. But like... I never denied our friendship. I just let her know we also work together. Fair, I guess. All right. Yeah, we do. At the end of the day, we met her. So I think that's all that matters. She is amazing, by the way. So, we actually have... One, two, three, four. We have five, what would we call it, fan mails? Mail? Um, yeah, I guess that's what you would call it. Yeah, we have five. We actually, uh, you know, so if you're listening now, and this is probably going to be airing in March. So if you're listening, still listening, that means that our rise to stardom hasn't scared you yet. Because we are pretty much famous at this point. If you know us in real life, don't be alarmed if we start being distant. Because, you know, we can't just... We'll try to remember you, but... If it happens, it happens. Alright, so amongst the following, who are the real... Who are the real horror icons and why? Between writers, directors, actors, or fictional characters... For example, what makes it iconic that the writer, the director, the character, and the actors, and list some of your favorites? So, I don't know. Do you? I mean, like it's a, it's a, it's a tough question because, like, wait, I'm confused. This is like an op- This is. It says amongst the following, you didn't list anything. Well, like the following, like a writer, a character, like. Oh. Um, yeah, that's and, and I mean, like, I think that the, the oh, it's okay. tough because, like, when you say horror writer, I instantly think of like Bram Stoker and Stephen King, not yeah, necessarily writer of a movie. Um, and like, it's it's different because, like, for me, if we're looking at iconic figures in horror. There are iconic horror figures that were in movies like Freddy and Jason. There are iconic directors. Like I, my, my, the example I want to use to convey, I guess my, my thought would be if you were to take a person like Wes Craven or John Carpenter, they are iconic um, horror directors, but they aren't iconic for doing like they did more than one character. Like Wes Craven has got like night, some nightmare, some nightmare. He's got what last house on the left. Hills Have Eyes and um, Scream. So, like, if he were to do have done just Freddy Krueger, I don't think that makes him iconic. 
by the fact that he's done multiple things that makes him iconic. Kind of I deal. agree. Like yeah, if you were to I, do just one, then you're you're kind of weak. Yeah, I would. Well, I kind of agree, but my I feel like take on it is you can have. I guess yeah. I kind of think the same thing. I, you just worded it differently, but I was thinking like when you have like a really great horror movie which part makes it iconic like that's kind of how I took the question it's like do you focus on the director do you focus on the actor and I really think it depends on the movie because some movies are just known for like that character um and kind of like you said like a writer is not or a director isn't going to be iconic if they've only made like one good movie um but I think of it as like you can have a shitty movie, but the character be iconic. Mm-hmm. That's like that. The way you just said that, I would say like that's like half of the slasher movies. Like half Pretty of much. um the nightmare, like all the Friday the Thirteenth. Like they get really cheesy and, and they they maybe aren't technically great movies, but we love them. Like the one where he takes Manhattan. Like that's not a good movie, but it's a great movie, and you know Jason oh, is great, iconic. Man. When that dude punches him in the, uh, when he's like fight boxing him in the on the rooftop. Yeah, and then he just like Jason just cuts him, and his head flies off. That's awesome, man. That's you know that's but that's writing. That's where writing comes into play. That's where like people is that got writing, the or is that, like because like remember Kane Hodder came up with so many of the Jason kills. I well, yeah, it's, okay. It's hard to separate because, like, when we look back and remember that, like, we love that movie. So you're just excited and you think, like, oh, yeah, that's a great movie. But you really got to look at it critically and say, like, is the writing good? Or am I just a fan of Jason? And I thought it was funny or, like, he's an iconic character. Because I think you're right. There are parts of the movie that are really good and are really funny, but I don't necessarily think it's the writing. I think, like Pat said, it might just... It might be like something Kane Hodder came up with, or it just might be him, even if he didn't like write it himself, All just right. the way he acted it. So I'm going to give you guys my 33 cents, 33.3 cents. I think it's like a combined, I, I think in order to for it to be like an icon, I think it has to be combined, because I did put a lot of thought into it, because this actually, um, shout out Pat, because he writes a great script to kind of give us, and so Pat, yeah, shout out to you. Anyways, writers, right? So first of all, you have to create it. You know, that just doesn't happen. Like you have to create the the story, you have to create the scenario, you have to create the the monster, the villain, whatever it is. So they take what triggers people, you know, some people, murderers, demons, apocalypse, you know, psychological stuff. You have like American Psycho, which is kind of touches on a lot of stuff you know murder mental health just overall cool you know to us it's cool and it fits you know but that's a movie where it's just one character there's no coming back to that but then you have movies uh i know we talked about it before where like the devil demons like that's the main villain in a lot of movies and how can you take a boring concept of, okay, he's a demon, he's bad, he only does bad stuff. I can take a boring concept and turn that into, not well, not, not boring, it's interesting, but how can you take something that's been used for centuries and make it interesting? You know, we watched a movie yesterday and it 
we'll get on that later maybe but in my review i i mentioned the devil should have been cast as the villain i think if the devil were part of the movie it would have been a lot better i i agree you know the devil demons whatever if you write it well you can take that and kind of like twist it into something good but then the director so common movie that we all love is skin of a rink and we all kind of mention the same thing like the angles of the camera the 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 filter of the black and the filter of the the noise on the black background the fact that you don't see anyone's face so it's impersonal but it it gave me a lot of thoughts of childhood when I would have nightmares because I had a lot of them and that's how nightmares felt so you take a movie that's boring to 60 probably 60 percent of the viewers, you're going to take a movie that's like pretty dull. Nothing happens in that movie. And you're going to figure out, because they don't just accidentally just throw the camera and that's how we're going to sit it. Like he he thinks that through. He probably took like 15 different angles to get the right one that he wants. You know, so you have the director who has to take what someone wrote. It's like, oh, this is pretty, pretty interesting. How can I take it from the obvious to really good, like Skinema Rink? And then obviously the character or the actor, both. I, I don't, they both play, come into play. You have to cast the right actor, but the character itself, just the development in the character. You have um, Jason Drown, he came back to life, you know, and then, spoiler, if you've never seen the movie, his mama is the first murderer. And then Jason's like, oh, yeah, you killed my mom. I'm going to come and kill you, you know. Michael Myers, he, for whatever reason, just wants to kill his sister. I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe he's a middle child. I don't know. Just wants to kill his sister. You have uh, all these iconic characters. You have Hatchet, which is one of Pat's favorite. And it's a pretty goofy, dumb movie. But I will watch Hatchet anytime. No, no. But I would watch Hatchet anytime Pat puts it on because it's the character of Hatchet. So you have, it's Kane Hodder too, right? Yeah. It's Kane Hodder, Felissa Rose is in one. Like they, they've got like every like big name um like horror actor. Tony Todd's in it. Like Yeah, Tony Todd's in it. So you've all these names we just named. Felissa Rose, Tony Todd, uh uh Kane Hodder, sorry Kane. Kane Hodder. Like the these Adam are legends. Green's the director. Yeah, like these are legends to us. But why are they legends? Because the characters that they synced with. They had a great cast, casting, and the characters that they synced with, you know, that's what makes them. But you got to have everything else because my cousin was 26, 27, when she, or 28 maybe, when she first saw, I think she was like 28 when she first saw the original Halloween and said this was boring as hell, you know? And and to be fair, it is. It's kind of boring. I, I do think that's really fair because that um, Halloween for a long time was my least favorite. If you're talking about like Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th and Halloween, which are kind of like the top three a lot of people associate with each other. There's kind of like the holy trinity of horror. I always thought Halloween was kind of boring. Now I look back on it and I have a little bit more appreciation for it just because the tone of it is a little more serious and like... Mm-hmm. I can appreciate like the style and like the cinematography of it more. Whereas now I'm not as big of a fan of like horror comedy, which I think Nightmare on Elm Street leans into a lot. Um, which is definitely funny. 
Yeah. <laughs> and Friday the 13th can be a little bit. I mean, some of the later Halloween movies can be, but not to as much of an extent. Big but... John, Little John. They were great. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I, I would definitely agree on, like, a first watch or, like, your first introduction mm-hmm. to it. Halloween does seem really boring. And that's, and that's, so that makes it kind of, you know, that makes it kind of the question. Why is he such an icon? Why has this going on for so long and so long? You know, is it, is it the writing? Is it the directing? The directing's pretty, pretty, you know, pretty, pretty creepy. So when you think about it, you know, maybe was it the directing? Maybe was it? I think it's everything. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's Halloween, like. So do they, you... they shot it on such a small budget. You see it as a kid and you're afraid because you love going out for Halloween. Then right. you see it as a kid and you're like, oh, man, there's a man who might kill me if I'm out on Halloween. So I think as a kid, you have that. I, th- I feel like Halloween was more directed towards kids and like maybe early teenagers because right. you don't have that common sense. You have you're 11, 12, maybe 13. You're in your preteens, right? And you're you're still going out trick or treating, especially in the seventies. You're still going out trick or treating, but now you can't because there's a man with a knife just walking around in overalls, just killing you know be, just because you're in the way. So, you know, that's the crowd they kind of went to, and and I think that's a, I don't know. Here's my question: mm-hmm. Do you think Michael Myers would still be as iconic if there were only one Halloween movie? Yes. Mm. hands down like remember like it, it became it's you know it, it rose to cult classic you know one of the more successful movies or i guess my follow-up question would be what are some horror icon characters who are not a part of a series oh that are great yeah mm, that's pretty tough oh yeah that's actually really tough when you think about it i don't think I there's think- any there's definitely like like I know that there's a lot of like there's a handful of um Candyman films, but yeah, I was gonna say the first thing that popped into my mind was Candyman. How many then... people are? I've seen them all. Um, I can't imagine many people have seen right like the. Mall. How about Andropophagus? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I remember. No, no, like like. That's more infamous because they got banned like across the, the round. Yeah, the no, I was just I was just trying to pronounce that I could pronounce it. What is it? It's just like an Italian movie. It's an Italian horror. Um, is that actually what it's called? No, that's like the that's like the actual title. But I Wait, guess they. I think Pat's saying no. No, you you, you mispronounced it. It's okay. But yeah, but I mean that's what it's called. Though. I mean I just ain't know how to say it. It's, I don't think it's. A... Maybe. Intropophagus. That's what I said. Okay. You were pretty close. Yeah, that's what um, I said. Yeah, anthropophagus. I hang around enough Italians. I think it means that that means like eating of flesh, right? Yeah. So it was basically it was like a uh, like a person that ate people. He like yeah, they, they had a cannibal running around on an island and. But the weirdest part, of, weirdest part about that movie was, and this is why I mentioned it because the weirdest part about the movie was, at one point I think they were in a cave and he kind of like dug his hand in a pregnant woman's belly, mm-hmm. took the baby out and started eating it. That's some wild yeah. stuff, man. And, like, they used, like, it was, like, I forget what they they were explaining that um, on the show. Like, the animal parts that they used and how, like, all the bones in the, the catacombs were, like, it was just easier to 
use human bones. So like they did yeah. some cool stuff in the filming that. So speaking of favorites, favorite horror icons, you guys have any off the top of your head? I mean, if I if we're gonna go, I'll go on the list. I'll give you like one writer, one director, one fictional character. Writer Stephen King. Okay. The dude created so much. Like without him, we don't have a ton of movies. Obviously, Bram Stoker would be the number one. But since we're gonna talk about Dracula later. Um, don't need to mention him director probably george a romero like created mm-hmm. the zomb- the, mm-hmm. the modern zombie before you know he came along zombies were more like haitian voodoo and then character i would give mike myers is one of my favorite all right so i'm gonna i have five listed because i wrote notes not on paper this time though the big three Jason, Michael, Freddy, you know, to me that they are iconic. They are what people think of when they think of horror movies. It, more so, maybe slashes, I guess. But when you think of like modern day horror, that's kind of who who you think of. Dracula and all the vampire stories and movies that kind of came off of Dracula. I think like Dracula is an OG when it comes to horror icons. He might be the OG of horror icons. Now, here comes the ones that you guys might call me silly on. Ghostface. Hear me out. Okay. Ghostface. Back in the early 90s, well, late 90s, early 2000s, when Scream came out, 96, 97, there was probably a five to six year span. Everybody had that costume. Everybody had a plastic knife. Everybody had the mask. Everybody was saying, what's up? That's a scary movie, but still, he himself, I feel, is one of those like hidden gems that most people. No, no, like most people like it, but they're not going to consider him in like the top five. Although at this point, it's one, two, three, probably like a hundred Draculas, and then Ghostface. So he's not really top five to me, but weird people in the woods. Just in general, real life, fake life, as a, okay. like as a as a icon, you we're afraid as real people in real life. We're afraid of the woods because if somebody comes out the woods, I'm like, nah, man, I'm turning around. You know, so just weird people in the woods in general, real life movies. They're never up to anything good. Always up to mischief. And say what you want. Not you guys, because you probably will agree with me, but <laughs> the devil himself is he's like the ultimate horror icon. I mean, this guy's been scaring people for like centuries, forever, since like he was born. I don't know when he was born, but like the devil himself. I guess when he fell from heaven, he's a fallen angel. Yeah, but I'm sure he was being. I'm sure he was a prankster. I'm sure if you made a list of every movie ever made that's considered horror and like named the main character of all of them, the devil would probably be like in most of them. Think about it. And he, well, he would appear more often than like any other character. When you think of anything that relates to bad, you always want to blame the devil. You know, you always want to say, oh, that. 
that damn devil, you know? And and when you think bad, you kind of usually think devil, demons, you know, that that kind of um person, I guess. You know, like that's what you think of most times. I say about like 80% of the time you think of the word bad. You're thinking of something demonic. You're thinking of something you're doing bad because the devil, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like he's one of the icons that people just don't really think about. Is it my turn? Yep. Okay. I'm trying to come up with... Y'all both stole some of my answers because um, I was going to say Stephen King as... But why? Maybe it's a different reason than Pat's. I would say just for anyone... If you're not familiar with horror writers, you're still familiar with Stephen King, and he has such a huge variety of work. I don't know how many dozens of books he's written, but it's a shit ton. I would say just based off, like, his name recognition and just, like, the sheer amount of stories he's written, short stories and books, um, I definitely don't think he's the best writer. There's Stephen King books that I hate. I should do a Stephen King episode. Oh, definitely in the future we will. Oh, yeah, we definitely can. Because, you know, I think he's got a lot of great stories, but there are some that I hate. And I think some of the things that he writes are pretty off-putting. Specifically, I don't really care for the way that he writes about women. That's a topic, I guess, for our Stephen King episode. Fair. In the future. I think next was directors. Mm -hmm. I was also going to say George Romero, but to pick a different one, I would say maybe Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Not that he was like the first, but I think he was, you know. He looked like a hard director. Mm, I wouldn't say he, that. He did such a good job of promotion. Like he had things like you're not allowed to leave, to arrive early. I yeah, mean, wait, he, like he locking doors and. He set a tone like he was definitely not the first horror director, but he set a tone and kind of invented a new style of horror that and like some of like his move like rear window is like redone over and over and over i feel like every year i mean like earlier last year we watched kimmy and that's just rear Mm -hmm. window every year there's a movie it's like oh this is just rear window you know they modernize it they change it but it's it's still just rear window and then same with um like Psycho, you know, super Norman Bates and yeah, and I I think he's another one where a lot of people might look at some of his work and say, oh, it's boring or it's not scary because it is so subtle. But I think that's what, um, especially at the time that it came out, that's what a lot of people found like most frightening about it because some horror movies you walk in and you just know you know what you're in for, mm-hmm. you know that it's going to be scary, it's going to be gory. But his movies are so subtle. There's almost like more realism to them. So you feel as if it's something that like you could potentially experience. Except for the birds. Although I love the birds. It is a great movie. There's I no like that. I also see like how it would be frightening because it's not. It's just realistic enough. To where you can't really remove yourself from the situation. Birds man. They're fake. They're drones. Anyway, I would say, so I feel like when we talk about like horror icon characters, a lot of times we're referencing the villain. 
but does it count if we have a main character who's not the villain? Like, what if they're the victim or just the main character? Or Sydney Prescott. Like, yeah, like the final girl. I'm I'm thinking more of like because I was gonna say like Linda Blair in The Exorcist, which okay, I that's a really good answer. I don't consider her to be a final girl. I think that's it's kind of like its own category, like horror characters who are not necessarily a final girl, but also aren't the villain. They are just the main character. People who people who fought and beat the devil. Yeah, right. And like, like the... I'm sorry, I was just being an but, asshole. But <laughs> also, I feel like she's a really good example only because... She's technically not bad. She's not the villain, but mm-hmm. she is the scary element. Like, when everyone thinks of The mm-hmm. Exorcist, it's also a very recognizable movie, even to people who aren't into horror. They all immediately picture in their head they a picture of her her face with all the makeup like torn up and green and with like cuts all over her face that's what they picture so she is the horror element you're gonna die up there yeah like that's that in itself I think a little girl walking up to you and saying you're gonna die up there and then pissing herself that's I mean that's an overall effort. That's yeah, classic. I th- I th- that's I think she's just an interesting type of character where she's not the villain, but she's also the horror element of the movie. So transitioning into a second fan mail question, but it's kind of like a two parter. So let's knock this one out, and then we'll do the other two as they come up. Because one is about Dracula in particular. So. Okay, so this is from a friend of mine, and she wrote, shout out Tanya for listening to this, but she wrote, I wonder who you were afraid of as a child and who you would least like to meet now, but I also wonder who you would like to meet now and what you would ask them. That was one question, but then it kind of transitioned into, if you had to turn into one of those monsters, which one would you choose? I'll go first since I don't have anything written down, but... I did think about this question for a little bit. As a child, I was I was afraid of everything, so that doesn't that doesn't help. But I was more afraid because I knew Ghostface wasn't real. I knew Freddy's not. Well, I don't know. Freddy, I, forget that. I knew Ghostface wasn't real. I assumed Freddy wasn't real. I knew Michael Myers. I knew Jason weren't real. They died to come back. They died to come back. That doesn't really happen, right? Unless you're a zombie, they've never been classified as zombies. So anyways, what really, really, really scared me as a child was the aspect of demons and demonic stuff. Because I don't know if that's real. We just assume we, we just assume it. And because it's just been taught to us for so long that the devil is real and the devil will get you. And if you don't do good. And so as a kid, I was always kind of being like talk to about that you know like oh okay keep acting up the devil's gonna pull you under the bed when you when you asleep that shit used to scare me you know so as a child i wouldn't want to i i I, that just anything demonic or anything ghost because i lived through what i believe are paranormal experiences so anything demonic anything paranormal always scared me up to this day and I'm, I'll be 33 soon and it's always scared me so I would say that but then who would I least want to meet now listen I don't want to meet Freddy ever before or now I just feel Freddy Krueger was one of the scariest concepts to me because 
I always had sleep paralysis and I would have it so often, two, three, four times a week sometimes. And not being able to sleep when all you want to do is sleep is a wild thing to think about. And that carried on into now where, you know, I still can't sleep and, you know, they tell me reasons why I can't sleep, but I can't sleep and I want to sleep. I want to sleep right now. I'm tired. You know, I've been I wasn't feeling good all day, so I'm tired. But then if I get home now, I'm talking about Freddie, I'm going to think, fuck, that fucking dude, what if that dude came out? And knowing he's not real, in my head, it's just like, oh, but what if he does come out? You know, should you really go to sleep? Maybe you should keep your contacts in your eyes, even though they hurt when you wake up. You know, I know it sounds stupid, but that's that's what I think. You know, these kind of things. So I wouldn't want to meet Freddie. But who would I want to meet now? And what would I ask him? That's something that I don't know. See, that one, I, I, I really don't know who I would want to meet now. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of just villains. I, I think if we're going off of just, in this case, there's horror icons. And I know this might be a little controversial. Or maybe not. Maybe I'm just making up words. But Darth Vader... I feel is also a horror icon. Don't give me that face, please. <laughs> I think Darth Vader is a horror icon. I would like to meet him and just ask him, had Luke turned to the dark side, like, what were your plans? Because it would have been them two. Luke would have had to kill the Emperor. So what what will happen when you realize Luke's going to have to kill you soon? You know, I would ask him, do you really care about him? Or you just realize your 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 plan failed and you're just not going to... You know, you just not you. You just gonna die soon because Luke's gonna take over. He's gonna find an apprentice, and just the way of the world. And to end it off, if you had to turn into one of those monsters, basically, what would you choose? Honestly, I love the concept of a vampire. You would become a vampire. No, hear me out. I would become a werewolf. Oh no. I feel no. Hear me out. Hear me out. So I don't. I don't know. Now I'm thinking. I would become a hybrid. Werewolf vampire hybrid. Vampires fascinate me. The, the 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 thought that you live forever doesn't, but the fact that you have terrorized people forever, that does. And I heard this really strange thing, and I'm not gonna say it on what podcast, but I heard this like really strange thing about vampires that was strange until I heard it, and then I was like, oh wow, it's really cool. But basically, um, I don't remember all of it, so I kind of regret mentioning it, but like that vampires during that time slept because so apparently and this is what i heard please do not call me an idiot but vampires i think can only see vertical lines or horizontal lines one of the two like they can only see horizontal lines or vertical or whatever so the sun or cross across because it's both that's it's not that god is fighting them it's just that they're just like holy fucking shit i'm getting a migraine because my brain can't conceptualize this. I feel like I lost you. No. Uh, what is the source for this information? Uh, no, I I know. I don't know. No, I don't, I don't know the actual source. I, I They mentioned it, but I don't remember the actual source. It was just that clip that made me say, let me look into Only it. Only because I feel like traditional movie vampires don't exist. I think a certain type of like, like we've talked about before like energy or emotional vampires i think those do exist but like dracula doesn't exist so i'm wondering where this came from or who came up with this like 
theory of this is what vampires see. Probably somebody who's bored, to be honest with you. Is it like when you watch like the History Channel and they're like ufologists or like ancient astronaut theorists? Is there like a vampirologist who like studies vampires? If I say yes, will you laugh at me? No. Okay. No. I don't know. I would love to. I believe. Like like the Giorgio Sufalos of vampires and he has like theories. He He's a great guy, man. He just doesn't give a shit like what you think. He's like, this is what it is. I don't, I don't remember who it was, but the... The concept was interesting to me because, you know, we, we, they go to sleep, I guess, I forget the whole thing. So I I feel real stupid for bringing it up, but the main thing was they can only see like a certain line, like either horizontally or vertically. So when they put the cross in front of them, it like throws their equilibrium off. And that's why they got to like get away. But I feel like if you're a hybrid, you're just like, that don't affect me, bro. I, not to like... But I feel like if you say you want to be a hybrid, that's kind of a cop-out because you're choosing a creature you want to become. But you're like, I only want the good elements. You're like, I don't want to take on their weaknesses, so I'll be a hybrid. Like, yeah. You can't. That's why you create hybrids, so they can, like, kill more people. You can't do that. You yeah, I'm saying that's a, that's a bad answer. Yeah, that's a cop-out. You can't just say, I want to be a vampire without vampire weaknesses. Fine, I want to pick, be... Pick a better... <sighs> Okay, whatever. So if I had to go creatures, because I guess apparently a hybrid vampire werewolf I can't be, I would probably still go werewolf. I think werewolf's pretty cool. I feel like every werewolf in werewolf media ever, they're all having a bad time. Werewolf within, such a lie. Werewolf within was so great. She was just chilling, making friends, eating them, making more friends, eating them. You just turn when it's full moon. I don't know. I don't know why nobody would want to be that. And then if somebody messes with you, you're just like, nah, man, I'm not the one. You know? And then they find out because you eat them. And then people are like, we can't laugh at this guy for wanting to be a werewolf vampire hybrid because he'll just eat us because he's really a werewolf. That's my take on it. Sorry. All right. I don't know if you guys have any, uh, if you guys want to share your 33.3 cents. Yeah, sure. Okay, I see what you did. So if I had to say who I was afraid of as a child, I don't. Okay, so I'm not flexing by saying I can't really think of any. That's a flex. No, listen. I watched horror movies since I was like very little, from like three years old. Pets grinning because you're just flexing on us. No, and I'm saying I can't think of a specific movie or character that scared me more than any other watching the movie. But don't get me wrong, I was scared like at night when it was dark and I'm alone in my room. I would be terrified sometimes, but it wasn't always like a specific character. It was just like in general, like the idea of like ghosts or monsters. But I would also say I think a lot of people can relate to the idea of like Freddy being scary because if I look back to that time when I would have nightmares, it would be Freddy Krueger. And I feel like that is such a prevalent nightmare to have because his whole thing is nightmares. Like mm-hmm. He exists in your dreams. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if you know you're dreaming, you can just never escape him. Yeah. So I would just use him because I feel like I'm also afraid at literally all times of like everything. Oh yeah, so am I. Not movie related. So characters, it's really hard to choose one that I'm afraid of. So, so what I least like to meet yeah. was the next one. We keep talking about like the devil in general. But something that I've noticed 
I kind of noticed this really recently. One of the concepts that scares me the most in movies, and it's not so much that the movie is scary, it's just the concept of like hell or the devil in any situation where you haven't done anything to result in you going to hell and you just end up there. Yeah, it must suck. Again, Skinnamarink, for example, most terrifying movie I've ever seen for the sheer fact that it's about kids being in hell for no apparent reason. And that idea that that exists is so scary to me. And I also think of like Hellraiser. One of my like irrational fears is that I'm accidentally going to find like the lament configuration and I'm going to accidentally touch it. Also like Evil Dead were like, they they read from the Necronomicon, but still like demons show up. Like, so I guess the concept of like not really... You know, there's a lot of movies where they summon demons or they're messing around, but, like, I guess who I would least like to meet is, like, the devil or demons, because some of the scariest movies, I think, are when people come into contact with them without them doing anything to invite them. Who I would like to meet? I would love to meet Jason. I always thought growing up, watching the movies, I never really thought of Jason as a bad guy. Like, he's obviously the villain. But I think he's the you know, one. He that killed was, a lot of people. Yeah, he killed people. Not a great guy, but <clears throat> I a lot always, of innocent people. I think I viewed him differently because he's one of the first characters that I can remember, where his origin really showed who he was as a person, and you see that like he was a child. So I'll always think of him as a child, even though he somehow aged after he was dead. Like. 30 years. Like, you think of Freddy Krueger, you're like, okay, like, child abuser, murderer. Michael Myers, murderer from a small age. Jason, you kind of, I guess you see his human side somewhat, and he he never became a villain until something happened to him, I guess is what I'm saying. Because a lot of the other characters, they just were villains. Jason's one of the first times I remember a character having something happen to them before they become a villain. And I know that's now that is like a pretty standard. A lot of times we see the origin of why people are the way they are, but that's, I guess, one of the first examples I can remember. And I always kind of felt, I always looked at him differently as a character because of that. What would you ask him? I feel like I would just, and I always thought if I was ever like in the Friday, the 13th universe, I feel like I don't want to be like, oh, I could fix him, but I feel like I could because I, I don't always think you... it in my mind that I would I would just talk to him in general and just be like, hey, are you OK? What's going on? And you know, I, he doesn't talk. I, I know, but he doesn't have to talk. It's just so he'd like rub his belly or <laughs> I think, it, you know, it's about kindness and like reaching out with I feel like that has potential to. Now, I know that sounds silly now. I'm That's what I thought when I was younger. I always thought, like, you know. No, it's not silly. I think he would be really receptive to, like, kindness. And if you could oh, show. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But there's only so many horror characters that I would want to meet. What but about... I guess I, I would ask him how he was doing. What about if you had to turn into one? If I had to turn into one, I would say I would become a witch from... Any witch movie, I first thought my first 
thought was the movie The Witch, but then I realized um, I don't want to be Thomason from The Witch because she had like a terrible time and she had guilt from like her baby brother going missing and getting turned into flying ointment. So I was like, never mind, don't want to choose her. And then I kind of thought about like the Blair Witch Project and like, because like then I could just chill by myself. Like you can terrorize people in the woods, but like you also don't have to. You can just chill. What's her deal though? That's the thing. We don't know. Hmm. People just like say stuff about her. We don't ever, we don't even really know if it's the witch <coughs> doing things in the movie. Excuse me. People just blame it on the Blair Witch. Yeah, man, but, just like double. Um, I could be, um, what's her name from the Love Witch? Just really any movie witch and just, I would basically just chill and not bother anyone. Mm. That's fair. That's what I would choose. Unless you were bothered. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know what? Jason was bothered. And that's why he killed people. Well, I'm pretty sure he probably had other reasons, but they they bothered him really hard. And that's what happens. How about you, Pat? I mean, all of them scared me as a kid. Like growing Sorry. up in the environment that I grew up in. I was told that Candyman was going to come and kill me. So was Hannibal Lecter. So yeah, like those two right off the bat, they were out to get me. Anything that felt realistic too, like was terrifying as, as like a kid, like Freddie never scared me. Cause like, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I don't know where an Elm street is. I live down the street oh, from where like he can't get me. I don't live on Elm street. Yeah. I don't live in Ohio. I don't live in or wherever he's from. I don't live in Elm street. Michael Myers, like I'm, he was pretty far away. Jason, I don't go to lakes, like as a kid, never went to a lake. So like those things, I felt like safe from. I was always removed, but like Hannibal Lecter was gonna come and kill me, because that's what my that's what my parents told me. Did he? Uh, yeah, they were like they were like this is a documentary and he's gonna get out. Why would your parents say that? Also, like, they, why did your family tell you about the devil? Like, cause man, you gotta act. You gotta act right, or the fucking devil's gonna pull you under your yeah, bed. Yeah, like, um, he was a horror icon. My 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 sister had a sleepover, and all her friends watched um, Candyman, and and my dad appeared in a window with a knife with like a, a tomato through it, and it like it was like pitch black. It was like late at night, and it terrified them had them screaming and he was like banging on the side of the window. I mean, great times. They were terrified, but like, yeah, no, like candy, like, you know, trying to make a character real through a silly prank and it worked. Also ghost face, because I think it was because everyone had the ghost face mask and I didn't. Mm -hmm. So it was like any one of these could be out to get me. I had the outfit cause I was chunky as a kid. So it's the only Halloween outfit that would fit that. And, uh, I had a scorpion outfit from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Who would you turn into? Shit. Hannibal Burris? Why the hell would I be Hannibal Burris? I meant Lecter. <laughs> I don't want to be either of them. Like they're they're both mortal. If I if you're gonna turn into something, you're at least gonna be like immortal. So like a hybrid um, werewolf vampire? No, I would probably I like I'm, I'm, I, I want to be, you know what, fuck it. I want to be Michael Myers, you know. Seemingly invincible, 
but moves at its own pace. Like I'm not running and sprinting. I can live in a house and then I just got to do my thing on Halloween. Interesting. Yeah, he only works one day out the year, so. One day out the year and the rest is just hanging out and chilling. Occasionally you steal a car and get into an accident, but you're always fine by Halloween. Do you think Michael Myers reads on his off time? Probably. Well, there's the whole debate because in the one movie he he writes on the wall and they're mm-hmm. like, when did he learn to read? Yeah, he's, maybe he just re- casually reads. He has books. He has access to books. Okay. Access to books doesn't mean... Well, I guess, you know what? To be He would have learned to read before. Well, to be fair to Pat, I did yesterday mention books. Well, last week I mentioned me having books. So if I have books, Michael Myers probably has books. No, well, look, he's in an insane asylum. They have books. That is um, insane. So, like, a six-year-old can read, um, hopefully, normally, pretty well. So he would have already learned to read. But learning how to drive is different. Not sure how he learned how to drive. It's not that hard. Um, Probably was automatic. Listen, man, I didn't learn how to drive until I was 22. Yeah, and look, and you did it well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say that. Um <laughs> I would say I, I did it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll leave it at that. All right. Well, Pat's Michael Myers. You're a witch. And. Pat, did you say if there was anyone you'd like to meet? Oh. No. No, I don't want to meet any of them. You don't want to meet Look, any? I'm not trying to, like, I'm not going to survive any of them. So if you can write any of them a fan letter, then what would you say to them? I'm not writing, like, yeah, let me, oh, yeah, here. Uh, let me just write you a letter. So I could be your next victim. No, I mean, no, that's cute. Because I don't think I like with yeah. if you gave me enough planning, I might be able to survive. I did like a series of prompts and I sent them out to friends. I sent them out to you guys, but I don't think you. Uh, I think Enrique, you responded on like what would you do? Like the whole like scenario of how to survive, Jason. And I would say Jason's probably the easiest to survive, as long as you have a car. Oh, I was gonna say I would just talk to him. But no, you, you can't talk to him. Oh. He has no ears. He doesn't hear. What are you going to do, sign language him? You don't... No, he can hear just fine. Also... He doesn't have ears. You have to speak to be heard. <laughs> I don't think he has great eyesight. I just think... That mask does he's probably got, constrict the eyesight. Yeah, you can't. To me, I feel like he's. I could talk him down more than I could talk down any other villain. Um, but also, if I think about it, I would like. I would meet like a ghost from any like haunted house ghost movie. Ghost from the movie Ghost. Can you meet like Patrick Swayze? Nah, that's too ghosty. Yeah, no, like I'd meet um, any ghost that's not specifically demonic because I'd be like, that's true. I would meet the ghost from Sorry for the Demon. You need to see that, Julie. Oh, well, you don't like horror comedy, but that movie is hands down best of 2023 so far. Now, segueing into 2023, let's quickly recap. I'll just say them and then we'll kind of like movies we saw recently. Actually, forget the movies we saw recently because let's, let's talk about the importance of supporting yeah. indie horror because i know the last few we saw were pretty much indie movies yeah uh consecration Outside, so, well yes. knock at cabin not really indie i mean well no you said most of the ones we saw yeah no still worth i mean worth a watch and supporting m night is cool so that's all we need to say on that but like consecration we talked about a little bit earlier consecration not good 
No, yeah, but I'm happy I saw it. I, I so here's the thing, and I know I say this all the time. I, I think I want you guys to like me, but like I enjoy. <laughs> sorry, I enjoy uh, watching a movie. I don't care what movie it is, but Consecration was pretty bad. I was like, you um, had nothing good to say about it yesterday. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I didn't really I like just, that movie. I had such high hopes, and I really loved Jenna Malone as an actress, and I was really excited to see that she was in it. But like, is it Malone or Maloney? Oh, I couldn't tell you. Okay. Maybe um, Mahoney. But it just wasn't good. And I love bad religious horror movies. That's one of my favorite of all time subgenres. The Unholy. Yeah, The Unholy mm-hmm. I loved. And that's mm-hmm. a terrible movie. But this movie, the writing was just not there. And it, it kind of just didn't make sense. I feel like part of the narrative was missing. And just all the pieces did not add up to like a clear story. Like, I know what happened, obviously, but I feel like it just wasn't, not enough of it was shown. They didn't explain enough of the things that would have made it really interesting. And, like, I don't want to give away spoilers, but, like, yeah, they didn't. Like, characters jumping to conclusions where, like, we understand that that's what's happening, but there was nothing that would lead the character to believe that. So why all of a sudden did the character just come to understand that when there were no clues to it? I guess is my takeaway without any spoilers. The ending was stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a good way to say it. Yeah, the ending was stupid. Um, but then we jumped to like Skinamarink. Again, scariest movie I've ever seen. And I would pretty confidently guess that that's going to be my top movie of the year. And it's only February, and I could say that this probably will top anything else I'm going to see for this year. Uh, I think Skinamarink basically invented a new subgenre almost, because it's not quite found footage, but I think it's going to bring out a new wave of kind of analog horror-inspired movies. And I think that's going to be fun to see going forward in the future. I know there's already like a backrooms movie in the works that's supposedly coming out. The thing, so here's the thing though, my, my opinion. And I don't, Pat, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know if you had anything to say about that, but I did, but no, go. It's not important. No, no, go ahead, because mine isn't that. No, go no, ahead. go. Ahead. All right, whatever. <laughs> in, so, this is why I like indie horror. It, you have indie horror movies; they're usually pretty bad, you know. But there's so much passion. In those movies, because they're usually passion projects, you know, they're usually like a director, his boys, maybe a college team, maybe an up and coming, maybe a cameraman who like worked 20 years with John Blaze, the um, director, and he's like learned so much. Like they go and they drop these passion projects and then you get some pretty, you get some stinkers, but then you get some, some pretty good movies, you know, and, and there's. The mainstream, you have most of the mainstream. I learned this in a class that I took in, in college. We talked about like movies and stuff, and they all kind of follow a formula horror, comedy, rom com, horror, com. Like they, they all follow the same exact formula. I just personally feel an indie film kind of loosely follows that formula because like Skinner Marink has it's basically no structure, it's just this is what. It is, you know, like there's no story, there's nothing, but the movie itself, one, you know, it's a passion project because he has clips on YouTube. So, you know, he's been passionately 
projecting this. And but then you have you you have like Candyman. And we all hated Candyman. The new one. Not obviously not the original. The new one. We all hated Candyman. And I have a friend who I was talking to and she hates Candyman. So the new one, not the old one. You hated the new Candyman? I hated the I new hate it. Yeah, I wouldn't say I hated it. So I'm putting words yeah. in your mouth. You are. Yeah, like, all right. Like, I mean, it, it wasn't perfect, but I, I I liked it. All right, but I, sorry, let me back up. I hated the new Candymans. And the reason I hated the new Candymans is because they slapped, and I'm going to make a slap noise, the Candyman label onto the movie. And they said, oh, we're going to sell this because it's Candyman. It's mainstream. People going to come and see it because it's Candyman. We'll add some artsy-fartsy stuff to it. We'll add some political stuff to it. And boom, there you go. But you're not getting that in an indie film. You know, you're getting whatever that person wanted to do. Example, skin him a rink. Okay, sorry. That was my rant for the night. I think, like, I mean, like, we, we said we were going to talk about, like, the importance of supporting indie hearts. Like, we all like the genre. If If you don't support the outside ideas, you end up getting the same movie over and over again. Because it's just going to be stuff that will make money across the board. You're going to get some PG-13 horror like Megan. You're going to get some like weird, like it's going to be like a paranormal activity or a Saw or a Michael Myers movie. And like, not that those are anything wrong because I like them all, but yet you have such great ideas and great directors and writers who have no budget and they go out and they make like fantastic movies. Like, dash cam or or when we saw like dead stream and and you know the list there's an incredibly long list and but the thing uh, is you you know what you're getting in mainstream horror you know you know what you're getting people spend their money because they're comfortable they know this is what i'm getting this is this is the villain this is this is going to probably be the story this is going to be the outcome but then you have a dash cam you have a movie like that that's $10,000, $10,000, that's it. And they're just like, most of that money is probably going to like advertisement and something else. And then you knock it out the park. You know, like you support an indie film because then maybe that director wants to make a, a mainstream series. You know, maybe Dashcam becomes a series. But that can't happen if no one's watching it. Sorry, that's my other rant. And, and like, it, it, there's, there's so much passion involved in, in creativity. And then it really keeps a genre and alive and, and it keeps people like basically I hate to say like things to do like going to horror conventions and, and meeting like indie directors or going to like Mahoning drive-in or Phil and Mocha that um, bring in like directors making movies that no one's ever going to see. Yeah. I would say it makes horror kind of not more acceptable in general, not acceptable, um, accessible, but I would say it makes meeting and like interacting with um, horror actors, directors, producers, it makes interacting with them way, way more accessible to the general public. For example, the director of Skinamarink is super responsive. Like a lot of people are mm-hmm. able to, you can send him a message on Twitter and he will likely get back to you. And I think that's amazing. Now, not so much, you know, he did get like flooded with DMs and after the movie blew up, it kind of, he's had a harder time like responding, but in general, I think, and like you said, horror conventions, you get to meet actors, you get to meet writers, everything like that. And you're able to actually 
meet them, interact with them, take pictures, have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked to like a, Lisa Rose for like a long time. She's not like an indie. I wouldn't refer to her as indie. She does a lot of indie films though. Hatchet yeah. was indie, I feel. Yeah. I I, went, I saw um I'm a, a Lloyd Kaufman movie at, at Philomoka and like Lloyd Kaufman comes out and you get to meet him and you know he's done like one million movies and none of them are you know ever shown in theaters and all of them are super weird and gory and and disgusting. But like, still super interesting, and, and that, and like pushing boundaries and limits, like you know, stuff that can't be shown in theaters. It's all like great creative expression. But that's the point, you know. You can meet these guys. You can meet all of these people who, you know, whatever they might not be famous, but they'll tell you like they're famous to you in a way because you saw the movie. As far as you're concerned, these guys, you know, they're the real deal. Right. You know, everybody seems famous to a person who's not famous. Yeah. I don't know if we'll feel the same. You know, we did get about 10 listens on this podcast so far. So, oh my, brand new. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this time last year, next year, we won't be interested in going to horror conventions anymore because, you know, we'll be a little famous ourselves. You got to pay us. Yeah. We might not be interested in talking to just Mm -hmm. like Joe Schmo at the horror convention and AC. All all I do is talk to Joe Schmo. Yeah, Yeah, but, but we're blown up, man. Yeah. Like, when we're famous. We even got a new follower on Instagram, man. We ain't posting 20, 20 something. That's no joke. We out here with it. So when we think of like horror icons, Pat mentioned a few things. So the originals from the 30s, mm-hmm. I don't think of that. You know, I, it's hard for me because I haven't seen many of them. Not that they're not, but like it's hard for me because I haven't seen many of them. But there's tons. You have. Go ahead. Go ahead. Like all right, so like when you when you look at like like, I mean, I, as a person who's seen them all from the thirties and forties, and will always have like a special place in the heart. Like, you know who Frankenstein is. You you know the Mummy. You know Dracula. You may not know the original film interpretation, but you know there's others. Like everyone knows has seen Brendan Fraser's The Mummy, and you know all of it's taken from. The original, so it's like you know, like these things are still alive and they are significantly important. That and the way that they were written and and how you have like actors that have like defined roles, and they had all those like cool crossover movies where it's like Frankenstein meets Dracula and like those they were great, like it's just great concepts and would love to see more more of that today. So how would you compare these OG monsters, Frankenstein, Mummy, Dracula, etc.? With like the OG slashers, you know, Freddy, Jason, Michael, uh, Angela Baker, because why not? Like, right. how, how, Pat, like you, Pat, how would you um, compare them? Because I haven't seen many. I've seen them, but not like really paid attention to like most of the older movies. And I've seen them. I've seen a lot with you, but I haven't really paid attention to a lot of the older ones. I haven't really focused on them. So like, how do you think they compare with like slashers? What I mean... Because it's crazy because, like, you you look at Frankenstein and, and, and Dracula, two of the biggest names. You know, like, The Wolfman also, like, like these movies terrified people. And um, I think, like, there's a lot of similarities and, like, both wildly popular, both a lot of them, like, there was, like, a pushback of, like, people were saying, like, oh, these, these were too gory um, in reference to the slashers from the 80s. 
and then you, you look at people who are like these are horrifying like we can't be showing this in, in this cinema in the 30s and then people are going and they're selling out and people are becoming terrified and running out of the theater screaming and so like I think like both are like really important because I think in the 30 the universal monsters you know Frankenstein the mummy creature from the black lagoon dracula uh wolfman dr jekyll mr hyde they they established the the genre you know established it as being profitable and then you know without that you know no one would make horror if if you don't have something that shows that it's profitable no one would have ever attempted to make it again all right so okay Speaking of Dracula, we do have a Dracula-based question. What do you guys... I will just refer to her as Witcher, because I don't know if she wants her real name. I think she's a... I don't know. Oh, okay. Anyways, what do you guys think about the different Draculas over the years? So, one of my favorite Draculas, and I'm not saying it's the best, but one of my favorites was Dracula, the 2016 one, a Dracula Untold or something. Maybe because it's like a guy that looks like Orlando Bloom... Um, and I just really, I guess I secretly like Orlando Bloom, but you have different Draculas. You have, I know Pat's super excited that Nick Cage is playing Dracula. And you have like these different renditions of Draculas. Vampires, I guess, also, I guess you can throw them into the mix that you have a different, vampires change. You have all kinds of different vampires, but like Dracula himself, the man Dracula, the legend Dracula. Like, over the years, you know, he's changed a lot. There's, like, tons of different stories. You got to update it because people get bored. So, you got to update it. But uh, what do you guys think about different Draculas? I'm going to be completely honest. I'm not familiar with, like, that many different versions of Dracula aside from, like, Bela Lugosi. And I also read the book. And that's, like, really my only reference. So, mm. that no, that, that that's a good start because I was going to say, like, you know, we, we saw Blood for Dracula. We saw the invitation last year. Oh, oh yeah, there you oh, go. Yeah. That's, that was that's nice. a Dracula movie. I thought it was really interesting that that was a Dracula movie because it almost felt like an afterthought. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of people didn't catch that on the first watch. It was kinda it was kinda like a throwaway thing to me. Because, you know, I obviously didn't remember it was a Dracula movie. And I felt like it was kind of irrelevant to the plot. It was kind of, they were like, oh, let's just slap the name on there as a reference. But they were just a family of vampires. Yeah. But, like, they did, but that's kind of what I liked. Because, like, it wasn't, like, Dracula in your face. It was like, oh, no, like, her name is Mina. This guy's John Harker. Like, they had all the the characters were 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 involved and i was like because i remember sitting in the theater um not knowing anything about this and when like they kept making dracula references i was like "Ooh, this is really exciting i'm loving this as a person who, who really likes dracula i think that the the best dracula movie hands down is bram stoker's dracula with keanu reeves and anthony hopkins like classic movie but the best dracula of all time is bella lugosi and like that's like not even close or up to for debate maybe not now i'm I'm sure we'll do a dracula episode or a vampire episode soon but we do need to get into who are the who is the best 
Vampire Hunter. There's also a lot of different Vampire Hunters too, but we don't got to talk about that now. That is, like the, they're not good. Ah, who knows? James Wood in, I think it's was it John Carpenter's Vampire with James? No, that's Wood? the one. So there's there's vampires and then there's like John Carpenter's Vampires. It's the same movie. One's got James Wood and the other one has um, John Bon Jovi. I prefer the one with John Bon Jovi. You know, Jersey guy out there killing vampires. That's fair. Shout out Jersey. So what what's your definition of a horror icon then? I would say recognizable outside the genre. It kind of transcends because, like, when you think of like an iconic character, for instance, Scream or or Ghostface is in like comic is in a scary movie and and like you you like recognizable to a person who doesn't watch horror like doesn't consume horror so like everyone knows the name dracula everyone knows like frank what frankenstein looks like and no one has seen like the original frankenstein movie okay yeah so i like my first thought is that you know the original ones we talked about like dracula frankenstein in my mind like i'm like oh yeah they're the biggest icons but when I rethink it, I don't necessarily think that's true. And I think it would be a really interesting experiment to do if we took like kids or just either kids or people that aren't into horror. And obviously different generations are going to have different answers. Mm -hmm. But if we quizzed them and said, you know, can you name this character? I think a lot of them would be able to name the more modern characters rather than like, but I mean, obviously, if you show Gen Z specifically, mm-hmm. like Dracula, Frankenstein, I don't necessarily know that they would recognize them over like Freddy and Jason. So who are the most recent then icon, I guess, horror icons? Um, Art the Clown, maybe? I don't know if he's there yet. He only has two. I'll give him two and a half movies. Yeah, so I think he has a lot of potential. Like I said, I think his character design is great. I don't care for the films, but I think he has a really unique character design. He has potential, but I don't think he's an icon yet. And I would say I don't think we get icons very often. Maybe like 10 years from now we'll be able to look back. But like, I still think the top icons are a lot of the characters we have from the 70s and 80s. So then no recent. That's no, uh, I mean, well, well Ghostface, definitely. Movie. That's from the 90s. Not that that's even... Yeah. That's, I'm not uh, ruling out more recent ones, but I'm saying I can't think of like... Well, when I, I say recent, that, I mean like 15, 20 years ago. Okay, maybe okay. Ghostface comes out, but Ghost, like 15, 20 years ago. The what about Jordan Peele? He's not an horror icon. Oh, figure... Figure like yeah, like he's like he in, in that like he directed very big movies and, and produced some big movies. Jordan Peele, I feel outside of Get Out, has had just nothing but home runs. Yeah. Us and Nope to me, and this is my opinion, obviously, but Us and Nope to me, I loved them, man. I thought they were great. I can't wait to buy Nope for no reason just to have it. If we're going that route, I would say like Mike Flanagan. Okay. What's that person that did Hereditary and then followed up with a stinker in Midsommar? Whoa, whoa. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to say that. I'm sorry. But, like, he's got a new one coming out. Um, Ari Asler. I'm sorry. Um, Asler. Yeah, Ari Aster. 
Yeah, that, that dude. You're wild for that. I'm should, so, I didn't mean to say that. I'm no, sorry. We should have an episode specifically about him. I'd, I'll do it. Yeah, we definitely. should because he's coming out with a movie. Absolutely. All right. Ty West isn't there yet, but like, I really enjoyed everything he's done. Besides X and Pearl, what has he done? He's done some really good shorts. He did. Um, he did the. I think it was uh, the I like you, the uh, succubus on VHS. Oh, that one was good. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That was great. VHS. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the original VHS. That was really solid. That was really good. And, and he's he's he, been in a bunch of. I also saw um, House of the Devil, and that was really good too. I, I didn't see the innkeepers by him, but it's on my list. He's not. I don't think he's like there, but he's like knocking on that door of like someone worth being being remembered. Um, well, v- VHS one came out when a long time ago. Yeah, it feels a long time ago. Should we put it in this? 2012. The first one? Mm hmm. Oh, okay. So, yeah, hell yeah. He's definitely a horror icon then. Recent one. Um, oh, he's getting there. Oh, he also did Your Next? Oh. Hmm. I, I didn't I, know. I forgot. That was good. I still think we have to wait and look back like 10 years from now to yeah. see who the icons are from this generation. Even though I think we do have some now, we'll have a better. We'll have a better view of what was yeah. going on during this time. We can look at it, you know, with hindsight. What about, sorry, like the evolution of like certain certain icons? It's crazy how some of them change. Like all of them change. And it, it's like, can you adopt a character? Like like when, you, when we're talking like iconic characters, they have to change. Like Jason gets a mask. He progresses like. And then in some cases, he ends up in space as, like, Uber Jason. Michael Myers, his mask has changed over the years. He gets, like, a little bit more violent with his kills. So I think that, that like, you know, like, they, they evolve to try to fit the needs of the audience and push the boundaries, like, which will be interesting to see, like, if Art the Clown sticks around and stays, like, how do you evolve something like that intense? And, um, you know, will it work? I Yeah, I would say there's a lot of, like, horror icons that their, like, abilities or powers or just weaknesses develop over time. I know you haven't finished The Walking Dead, and I don't want to spoil it. You can spoil uh, it. No. No, I, I really don't want to spoil it, because I know Enrique is so close to the end. Mm-hmm. But I, so I'll be as vague as possible, because I already kind of told you about this. But Come on. In, like, literally the last, like, four or five episodes of an 11-season show, they introduced, like, new lore where the walkers have, like, different capabilities and abilities. And I'll just leave it at that. But personally, I thought that was completely ridiculous to introduce that in, like, the last hour, like, the final four episodes out of, like, hundreds of episodes. I just thought that that was such bullshit. Can they shoot guns? Um, no. Okay, good. Ooh, but, I was worried. Yeah, I just... But that... So I bring up that example because I feel like in some movies we see developments that are just bad. And I feel like we saw that in the most recent Halloween movie that like... Oh, yeah. The character Michael Myers changed in like a negative way because sometimes like, you know, you have an iconic character that you you feel like you really know them or you have like an established understanding of them 
and then like new content featuring them comes out and you're just like what the hell you can't you can't change michael myers you can't well they made him into a boy like the the kid I, don't, I guess he's a boy. I don't know. Well, no, because I I don't think he didn't change into Michael Myers. Like Michael was still there. They're still separate characters. Who needs to come back? Which horror icon needs to come back? I, the creature of the Black Lagoon. Uh, I I feel like the creature of the Black Lagoon is pretty scary. You know, you got a lot of these like great ones like that. Uh, I would but love I was, to see it. Yeah, yeah. Like if they made a if they rebooted Creature of the Black Lagoon, I'd love to see it. But what about so? I don't know a lot about Frankenstein. I don't know a lot about mummies except for, do you, think, you know. But do you think if they brought those back, do you think they'd be successful just because those characters don't have, like, as much recognition today? Well, it depends. How would you bring them back? Animated, maybe? No. Like an animated? See, I'm also not a fan. I'm just like, I don't know. I feel like animated is almost like a cop-out. Like, so here's the question. Like, one, it, it has to be done good, like, it, you know, like you need to like really take it up. I think Frankenstein, you could realistically make a good movie, and and they they've had a few in in our lifetime, but like, I think Frankenstein and and the Wolfman have the most potential, or creature. Actually, you know what, Creature from the Black Lagoon, because mm-hmm. they said it. Like, you could make yeah. them like terrifying and and mm-hmm. really good, you know. Frankenstein is a benevolent being by nature, but like you could still, I think, make like a grave robbing corpse building. Like, like it could be pretty, really scary. You know, it would have to be done just right, though. Like, right. The thing is, I feel like there's so much potential there, but if you screw up an adaptation of like Frankenstein or like the Wolfman creature from the Black Lagoon, I think it's really going to do a disservice to that character to the point where like, like the new Invisible Man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like you yeah. can't you can't really fuck up like Freddy or Jason or Mike Myers because they've had so many shitty adapt adaptations that you can't really hurt them at this point. But like a character like Frankenstein, where we haven't seen, um, well, no. What is is there like a Disney Frankenstein? Like yeah, Hotel Transylvania. That doesn't count. Transylvania. I like that actually. So that's Dracula, but... Um, but he's, I think Frankenstein's in it. He books yeah. a room. So aside from that, I feel like you can really... If you don't make a good comeback, I feel like the character's just not going to come back, if that makes sense. All right, you mentioned the Invisible Man. Hear me out. The Invisible Man... Who, who was better as an Invisible Man? The Invisible Man or the boyfriend from Nighthouse? Boyfriend from Nighthouse, just because the Invisible Man was stupid. Like, the whole, like, he was wearing that invisible suit, like, and he was just, like, a jealous boyfriend. Like, the boyfriend from Nighthouse, I mean, he was he was a ghost man. But I think that wasn't, like, the twist. Like, that also wasn't technically the boyfriend. It was, like, the personification of death. Yes. Like, posing as the boyfriend. Oh, I don't know. I didn't put that much yes. into that movie. I just I found it funny that found it funny that she's like, Who are you? And he's like, Nobody. Right. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah. I like that. I, uh, the whole like she she he, the, the death was like, You you know, like you can quit running, like I'm gonna kill you and, and just how they shot that movie. That was that I really for 
for having no expectations on it. Um, it really impressed me. Yeah, so the night house wasn't great, but I it was solid to where I, I really have an appreciation for it. Exactly, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Rebecca Hall. I think she's a good actress. That's who's in that, right? Rebecca yeah. Hall? Yeah. I don't even know her. Oh, it might be. Yeah, it might yeah. be her. Earlier, I didn't know that. Um, I enjoy her as an actress. Earlier, I didn't know Anna Kendrick was Anna Kendrick. Yeah. So we're watching Scott Pilgrim, and he, he goes, "Yeah, she's an Anna Kendrick type," and I was like, "That's Anna Kendrick." Yeah. Nice. She's also kind of a final girl. In what? No, I just said. I'm sorry. I just said I was reading something. My brain went okay. somewhere else. Um, this is a really, really hot take. I am not against rebooting literally any horror icon. Even, like, I know Halloween is dead and done, but I think 10 years from now they should reboot it. Like an and they will. Reboot. Because, like, what we've had recently are kind of, like, direct sequels to the original. I think we could use a reboot. I think we could use another Nightmare on Elm Street reboot other than the one we had in 2010. I'm not against more Friday the 13th movies. You know, Jason what? in Space, Jason X, I thought that was great. Jason in Hell. What about everywhere Manhattan? Basically, I'm willing to watch it. Like if they put it out, and it's one of those characters, I'm gonna watch it regardless. And because, like I said, you, you kind of can't hurt because we've seen so many terrible movies from mm-hmm. all of them. You can't hurt it. And like you said also earlier, I'm gonna enjoy watching it either way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, why not? Let's make another Nightmare on Elm Street. I might not watch it again, but I'm going to so, enjoy watching yeah. it the first time. No, I I, I agree, in, in kind of. Flex and, and like, yeah, like someone will make another. I think we need a sequel to Halloween 3. I think we need a sequel to one of the later Halloweens. Like, I would love a follow-up to like Halloween Resurrection. I mean... No one else wants that, but I think it would be hilarious. With Danielle Harris. And Buster Rhymes. She still looks 20. That wouldn't be bad. Or just a sequel, like a sequel reboot kind of thing. Yeah. So you guys remember the Blair Witch? Yeah. And then the Blair Witch 2 was a... Yeah, it is pretty bad. But that was also a direct sequel. But then they made Blair Witch in 2016. Which and, was better solid. But they but what they did was they erased Blair Witch to Book of Shadows and they just said, Well fuck that movie. That movie sucked. So we're just gonna reboot it completely, but it's a reboot sequel, you know? I like that. Yeah, I agree. Right, yeah. And 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 I like when they do that. It's like they acknowledge like, man, this movie sucks. Mm-hmm. And that's where like my the Halloweens are like a choose your own adventure and a lot of the like some of the like Blair the Jasons have their successful, yeah successful with it than Halloween because I feel like Halloween like they really screwed up like almost immediately after the first movie was released they like instantly screwed up and they kind of just fumbled their way back. Pat wants to see a oh wow I just slept my head oh Pat wants to see an escape room reboot. Yeah, oh, I do. Sure. I want to see. I want to see crossovers, though. I want, like, 
Yeah, um, just remake Tournament of Champions. Call it Tournament of Champions and everything. There are a lot of movies called Escape Room, and then there's like no Escape Room, and there's the Escape Room. I get them confused. Logo Escape Room. I want the the big three. You're gonna have Saw manipulating like Jason in an escape room, and then he's just sending victims to him. And like, about one and a half there, man. What? Have you guys seen Cube? I seen Cube, yeah, in yeah, a circle. Yeah, yeah. circle. Is no, but I'm saying I've seen those though. But uh, have you seen the platform? I haven't because I've seen that with you. I feel like it. I don't know. It skis me out, and I'm afraid to watch it. But I cube feel like we weird. could use a, a cube reboot. So the platform? Did you see the platform? I didn't see it, but I, I know. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I know what it's about. It's about a platform. Yeah, I I understand the concept. It just like. For some reason, grossed me out. So Who's the like, villain there? The platform or the people? No, the, the people. people. Oh, the platform is just a platform. Um, no, all right. So we have to get rid of one horror. Each of us have to get rid of one forever. Which one are you getting rid of? Horror movie. Icon. Never hmm. gonna make a new one. Never gonna make an appearance. That or they will kill you. You just pick the one you don't like. So all right, then which one's yours? Does it have to, okay, I'm not going to ask because that'll change my answer, so I don't want to clarify the question because it'll eliminate. I'm going to say Art the Clown because I hate Terrifier and and <laughs> Terrifier too. I like really, really hated. So That's I'm going to Clown. I don't think he counts as an icon, but I, I'll allow it. Like I said, I love his, I think the character design is like super clean, super nice. Why I, are I, you complimenting him? No, I really, I'm saying I really appreciate like the style of the character. I just don't care for the movies personally, but I think visually, he's like a very visually striking character. I think they did a good job of, because you really need like kind of like a clean design, something very recognizable, usually a mask. Um, they kind of went with like the white mask trope, like Ghostface, yeah. Michael Myers vibes. But at the same time, keeping it still extremely unique and recognizable as Art the Clown. So I think that's worth mentioning. You know, I'm not just going to say, oh, I hate that movie. The whole thing sucked. I think it's worth mentioning the character design. I just hate the Terrifier movies. Like, I really, really didn't like them. So I wouldn't be upset if I never had to watch one again. The Invisible Man. I re- so, I, I've read the book. H.G. Wells, seen the original one. I think Lon Chaney plays um, the Invisible Man. I for- that sounds yeah, right. I, the new one just kind of was like, you know what? We don't need to ever see this again. Yeah, and, but um, and like the Invisible Man, or like just an Invisible Man. Like the- I feel like it was. It took example, me out. That's a perfect example of what I was saying. Like when you reboot an OG character and it goes bad it really really harms that character because like I feel like the Invisible Man has so much potential but the last feature we saw him in really missed the mark and now it's like you're saying you're okay with like deleting that character forever not delete like the body of work will remain but nothing new will be made Um, so do you think you would choose him if the most recent movie hadn't come out probably not i would 
I would be like, you know what? Maybe we need to give this guy another shot. Also, I just want to throw it out there. Trick Sam from Trick or Treat needs more, needs something else. I'm just not a fan of Trick or Treat. But like, no, no, I mean like I love it, but it's one standalone anthology movie. And like, I think like you have this awesome character in Sam and like you need... I would say he's kind of iconic in that, like, you see him pictured everywhere, and, like, his costume and his face is very recognizable, whereas, like, I barely remember any elements of the movie. I remember, like, a handful of scenes. I know I didn't really enjoy it, but he does have kind of an iconic character design and is very recognizable. You see him all over Spirit Halloween. Like, can anyone remember the movie? No. Grown-ups with, like, tattoos on them and, like, little right. kids with, like, stuffed animals. Which I think is wild because, like, it, it is kind of a shitty movie, personally. Like I said, I, I didn't it. like it. It just didn't do anything for me. I would delete mummies. I've been thinking about it the whole time. I can't think of slashers. Not, it's, it's just not make anything, like, not delete it off, like, history. You just said it. You said we could take one away forever. I meant, no, I, I, I meant like, like make any new content of it. <laughs> you, you, oh, you, shit. Can't, you can't just erase Brendan Fraser. Nah, but that's like a kid's movie, man. Here, here's an interesting question that you just made me think of. So you mentioned mummies as like a general character. Mm-hmm. That makes me question... Is it like culturally insensitive to show, to depict mummies as like a villain or like a horror character oh probably most likely yeah i mean think about it you're taking that culture whatever it is whoever because there's tons of cultures that do mummies you're taking that and you're saying your dead uh relative is gonna put a curse on me yeah that's 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 the first thing i thought or even just showing them as like spooky scary things to begin with seems a little bit weird but then if i think about it how does that differ from like zombies we say zombies eat brains you got a good point about zombies. That is kind of messed up too. But zombies can be anything. There's zombievers, where there's literally beavers that are zombies. There's zombie, where all the animals are zombies and they escape. And so, like zombie, you can make into anything. Well, actually, if you think of like one of the first um, zombie references in movies, like the one of the first zombie movies is White Zombie. Um, I yeah, um, when I think about it, the origin of zombies is also kind of racist because it's based on, like, voodoo mm-hmm. and, like, resurrecting people with, like, closed practices of certain cultures. My thing is, like, what do mummies do? They don't fight you. They put a curse on you. So does the devil. So does a witch. You know, like, what do mummies do? They just scare you. They don't do anything. Like, a mummy does nothing. They just scare the shit out of you. Unless the mummy turns into something, you know, like in the mummy. But unless that happens, like a mummy does nothing. So if you made no more mummy movies at all, I'm okay with it. Now, if you did no more zombie movies, I wouldn't be okay with it. Because zombie such a... It's that itself is such an icon. Yeah. You, you yeah. have the concept of life and death. You have the concept of... What's that word I'm looking for? Like guilt? You know, in some movies... Like, they they ask in some movies, did you feel bad that this was once a person? And sometimes they're like, yes. Mm -hmm. 
But sometimes you're like, I don't give a fuck. It's me or them. And, you know, you have all these different views on mummies. You just have, oh, my God, let me run away because this mummy's chasing me. And I I think the real difference is that you zombies originated from, like, Haitian folklore. And we've almost completely separated that Mm -hmm. connotation. Like, we don't think of that when we think of zombies. We've kind of completely removed it from its original culture. We kind of appropriated zombies, to be honest. Fair. But my point is that, like, you can kind of remove that element from the character and it opens it up for, like, a lot more potential. Whereas mummies, you can't really remove that from the culture. Mm -mm. It's always going to be present. So, like, mummy movies are always going to have elements of that culture and it's always going to be in the forefront. That's fair. Mummies can go away forever, as far as I'm concerned. Not a knock on mummies. I know a lot of people in Canada, they pronounce mommy as mummy. So, like, not a knock on mummies, but... I think it would be interesting to see maybe even non-horror mummy content or just, like... So, like, go to a museum? (laughs) No, just kind of exploring, like, the actual, like, religious and cultural beliefs surrounding mummies. I don't... It probably exists. I'm just not familiar with it. Like, a movie that explores, like the reason behind mummification like um like they have documentaries yeah so i'm i'm basically talking like if there was a fictional film that showed like the resurrection and like of using actually using the body in the afterlife and what that looks like i think that'd be really interesting what about mommy zombies mommy zombies sorry mommy zombies (laughs) mommy what did i say mommy zombies mommy zombies well you said i would argue that all mummies are zombies but not all zombies are mummies exactly it's like every square is a rectangle not every rectangle is a square flex but yeah you're right all right we do have one more question we do have uh one more question but i think it kind of fits into so let's let's kind of go into final girls a little bit like what we what we feel about final girls because they're iconic too when you think about it i mean right. the, yeah. the, they're the thing that so here's the thing, like is it the killer? Is it the final girl? Is it the final girl if she comes back for a sequel? Because the killer comes back for a sequel, so the killer is actually, I feel like the killer is more iconic because the final girl hardly ever comes back. I mean, you have some, but in some cases, like in the Jason series, most of them die. Most of the final girls die. Second, third movie maybe. Shout out Reckless Reggie. He didn't die. Let's see, Sydney Prescott, she's pretty badass. You know, but the killers, the ghost face killers change all the time. So in that situation, I think it's more Sydney Prescott would be more iconic. Because although Ghostface to me is like super iconic, it's a different person every time. Right. You know, you have like yeah. a different person. But I guess it just depends. It depends on the on the I guess it would just depend on the movie. If 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 the final girl so Sydney Prescott's technically still alive. She's not in a new scream. Uh, who knows why? She Maybe is. I'm, no, she's not. Is she? It, Cindy's in. It's um. No, Gail Weathers is in it. Oh, right, sorry, Gail's in. Yeah, Neve Campbell didn't want to do it. Yeah, so I think she just exists off screen. Mm-hmm. Like she just exists. She's just at home with her kids or some shit, uh, or just not near New York. I don't know. Maybe they're going to her house. I don't know. But you have somebody like that who you're talking about Scream Six. She's still doing her thing. You know, she's killing all of these ghost faces. And there's two. 
So you're talking about she done knocked out five of them. How many more ghost face can you have? You know, but how many Sydney? You can only have one Sydney Prescott. So I guess it depends on Lori Strode. She's a great final girl. Right. You know, she just made it all the way to 2021, 2022, whenever that uh, movie came out. I feel like I have kind of a different perspective on this because I don't want to say I don't really care about final girls, but I would say like the movies that I love the most are not movies that have final girls. And it's like my, they're usually from slashers and slashers has never been my favorite subgenre. I just don't really care for the style of movies that have final girls. Like I'm familiar with them all. It's just like, they're like towards the bottom of my ranking. So it's like, so the killer then? Well, no, no. Like I, it, it's hard to say. Like what? What would make it an iconic movie? The final girl or the killer? I feel like I left that part out. I think it really depends on the movie. That's true. That's fair. Um, I feel the same way because um, there are movies where there is a final girl, but there's not necessarily. I don't remember if it's a final girl. It might be a guy. Or I'm thinking of like. Is it Cabin in the Woods? Is that the one where, like... You can still call him a final girl, though. It still falls into that category. Right. So my point is that, like, I would consider him the quote-unquote final girl, but I wouldn't really say that there's, like, an iconic singular villain in that movie. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of examples of movies that, like, have a final girl, but not, like, an iconic villain. Off the top of my head, I'm not coming up with an example. Final Destination? Yeah, you could argue that, like, death is the villain. But, yeah, that I feel like that's a good example of, like, you know, you think of the final girl. You're not focused on, like, a villain. So I mm-hmm. think it's specific to, like, the style of movie. Pat, what about you? I mean, like, they, you listed all the the, good, the, 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 the final girl. Like, you have Actually, these icon- they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're iconic um, in their own right, pertaining to a specific specific style of film. Which is a lot of fun. I mean, for us, the viewer, because it's like it gives you someone to root for, it gives you someone to criticize. Like, you know, the movie, the like Barbarian, you know, had a final girl, and the whole time you're just criticizing her, like, why is she doing this? I would never do this, and and I, I think that does make a fun communal event out of, out of the movie. Man, but, um. Then, then, like Julia's right, like you know, it only pertains to like a small portion. Yeah. So, like, there's some. Any film that has a final girl, the final girl is the icon. It's kind of like self-defining. There's movies with final girls and movies without them. In every final girl movie, the final girl is the icon. I don't know. No, because like, I think Michael Myers over Laurie Strode, and I think. Um. Okay. Yeah over all of them so pick a final girl that you would ask to help you survive the ending i don't know if i have like a i pick i don't know her name from like nancy no um i was gonna say from nightmare on elm street but not nancy the like dream master girl the blonde she's played by a couple different actresses Man, mm-hmm. I like the I like the chick with the I like the punk rocker chick. Yeah, I just don't really like. I feel she like would final kick ass. girl movies are cheesy, and I feel like if I'm in 
that universe, if I'm put into that scenario, I identify with the final girl. So like in my, like I, I place myself as the final girl in that scenario. So it's like, like think of it this way, like you're in whatever realm and you know, you basically have a life, like you have a phone and you can use for some reason, you know, your phone's not dialing the police, but you, for some reason, like you're in the scream world and, and you can contact Sydney Prescott. Like, who is going to, which final girl is getting you to safety? Nancy. Both of you. I have a hard time, like. I think it would be Sydney Prescott, because I think she just, she understands it so well, like. Because, yeah. like, Lori Strode, I think she'll end up getting you killed by accident, but she will That's, get you No, killed. but you know what? Now that I think about it, Sydney Prescott does make a lot of sense, because she survived through all six. Gail Weather survived through all six. Unfortunately... Uh, Dewey didn't survive through all six, but you have spoiler alert. I mean, if you're still listening and haven't watched uh, Scream Five, but yeah, I, yeah, I guess I guess Cindy Prescott. I guess I'll go Cindy Prescott. No, I'm picking Lori Strode hands down. Well, she got most of her family killed. I mean, yeah. so let's say from like the first reboot when she's got like the bunker. It didn't work out really in that movie, but I'm picking that version of her where she's like, even from the original Halloween, she kind of like held her own. She fought back like the first time we see her, she's immediately she's like ready to go, ready to fight. Um, And I think she only like improves over time and always willing to fight Michael because she's the one like if you call her, she's showing up. Like if you say Michael Myers is here, she's like drop the address like. Yeah, no, okay. Share your location, and she's on her way. I guess I'll just have both of my favorites on my phone, and then I'll just click either one. Either one, I feel. Either one, I feel. Um, Cindy Prescott didn't get her friends killed, though, or her family. It's like, if you text Lori Strode, Michael is here, that's the equivalent of saying, like, my parents aren't home. Come through. Yeah. She's, like, already, she's already in the car. She's putting her shoes on. Yeah, like, no, what? you're right, like. She's gonna ride out, and 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 she, she's she's gonna be a, a valuable asset. Um, I think I, I think other ones, you know, wouldn't be as gung ho to like run into danger. That's what I'm saying. Like she's she's running into the danger. We do have one final fan question. It was I think it was directed to me, but please chime in because I don't I don't want to be the only one. It's it, the question is basically when have you f- have you ever felt that like something demonic's awakening in you? And um, I saw this question in the doc, and I'm sorry if this is not the answer you wanted, but um, can't relate at all. Never in my life ever felt demonic entities. Not to flex. That's like, a huge flex. <laughs> no, like that sor- gets two flex buttons. Sorry to flex, but like. I just can't relate. I never demonic entities awakening within me. That sounds like so pleasant. I know. I, I know what to do if you you, you do get that. Who if, me? If you ever feel that way? Um, just let me know. I got it. Who me or Julia? Either. All right. Well, I mean, you're probably going to kill me, but I'm going to get rid of the demon. I'm, I'm assuming whether or not that kills you know the person doesn't matter. You already, so you already know my answer? No, I'm assuming I already know your answer. And I don't know who wrote this question, but I'm assuming maybe they know you and they already know your answer as well. 
Well, when I've had some demonic, what do you think it is? Yeah, like I'm assuming you're about to say that you have. Um, oh, 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 oh! I thought you meant like you know specific. Oh no, I don't know. Like, oh, so I, I don't know. It. I don't know if I've ever had like a demonic awakening inside me. I don't know if I really believe that. Well, okay, backtrack. Do I do believe in like the theory of demonic possession and stuff like that? I don't know if I've ever gone through one, but there's been many times. It's crazy for you to say you don't know. No, because I, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of scenario. Also, today I was kind of like out of it, so I couldn't really. That was a question for that was asked today. <laughs> and I was kind of out of it all day. <laughs> I'm probably going to get fired. But so one of the one of the things that I did think about was when I guess I go back in time in my brain and I'm thinking about a demonic awakening a demonic possession i don't know if i have one necessarily like the generic answer where like you're gonna die i don't know if i have anything like that but there's been many times that i'm there's been many times in my life and this is like maybe 10 10 12 years ago where i've said i want to i just want to hit this fucking guy with my car you know like i just want to beat the shit out of you for no reason and i just have like once I beat the shit out of you, I'll feel better. And you're just a random person I've never, ever, ever, ever met. I just want to beat the shit out of you. Like, I want to hit you with my car. I wish you would fucking get ran over. You know, I've had moments like that where I'm not mad. I'm in a good mood. You know, and, and it's not like I'm in a good mood and something happens. And I might have to talk to my therapist about this. But yeah. it, it's not it's not like a, a, a bad mood. It's been, there's been times when I felt, darkness and it could be drug related it could be alcohol who knows i don't know but it could be i don't know science but there's been times when i've felt darkness where i don't give a shit what happens to your well-being i don't care what happens to you even if i knew you sometimes i'm just like in a good mood and not i haven't been like this in, in a long time but like i'll just be in a good mood and i'll say something like in my head obviously i, I don't say things out loud <laughs> I'll say something like, man, I just want to fucking beat the shit out of you for no reason. And so you're saying you attribute all of this to like demonic. The theory of like a demonic awakening, a demonic possession, a demonic and influence. So it could be depression. I guess I'll ask, <laughs> how, how strongly do you feel like is this, do you have like multiple possible causes that you consider is this like a major theory you have is it something that you think could possibly be the fact but you don't really believe it like how strongly do you feel so okay again i believe in demonic possession i don't know if it's the devil himself and i don't know if it's like god who's coming down and like fighting him but i believe in the theory of a demonic possession and I guess the more and more I talk to you, you know, you say like you believe that people believe, but I believe that some kind of, and I'll reference it as darkness because that's kind of how they reference the the devil, like darkness and you know, all that stuff. So I reference it as darkness, but I do feel that people have a darkness. I, you know, you hear all the time people like, oh, dude, I blacked out, I beat the shit out of him, then when I woke up, I was in the jail cell, you know. That might just be like rage. That might be anger. That might be alcohol. Who knows? I don't know. Pre prescription medication. But 
there's a darkness. So in theory, in my opinion, in theory, that's some sort of demonic influence, I guess we'll say. Maybe not possession necessarily, although I do believe in it. Maybe not demonic awakening where I'm just like, hell yeah, you know, let's go fucking kill people because i don't ever want to kill anyone that's interesting we should put a pin in this okay but yeah so yeah i would i would my friend's also a therapist so i think that's why she asked i no i am concerned but i'll about me yeah like we'll put a pin in it but no 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 i'm just saying this i'm just saying like i i find it really interesting that you like attribute a lot of these feelings to like potentially being demonic I would assume that it has to do with like how you were raised in your culture. Like maybe you were taught that. And I'll follow that up saying like my personal beliefs about demonic possession is that I think it's technically possible, but it only, only happens to people that truly believe in that. And it is almost like a form of psychosis where like they, I, I think when you believe in things, they have the potential to be real. So I feel like it can be very real to you. If you believe that you are possessed, I believe that you will show those symptoms. I feel like I just scared you. No. That wasn't I mean, my intention. I, I, I'm just referencing it as like a demonic influence in, in theory. Because maybe maybe Pat's right maybe it's depression who knows and we'll put a pin on it we can always talk about it off the record or on the record that is like a very common like a lot of people I've met people who don't believe in like mental health conditions and Mm -hmm. they believe that things are only caused by like spirits and like entities and they say like you have like a darkness around you but they don't believe in like depression they think it's like oh you have a dark spirit attached to you Man, I really dug myself into a hole. Anyways, so that is our that's our episode. Another home run, you know. We just can't lose. Maybe. Yeah. So I feel like we had a lot of good <laughs> fan mail on this. So yeah, yeah, I just yeah. Continue to submit your like questions and comments. We had some really good ones. Please, because these were really good. Thank you for sending your your fan mail to us. I hope more people send it. Please, I'm a nice guy, so please don't think anything wrong of me. I do go to therapy every Wednesday. No, I'm, I'm also not genuinely scared. I don't think okay. I'm going to walk backwards down the stairs. No, not now anyways. My stomach hurts. And <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's it's a wrap.